Rice. Touchdown! He caught it in traffic. Big sack for the Gamecocks. J.J. Inigbari. Walks it up, looking for Kelly. Touchdown! Can you believe it? And now, it's time for some Gamecock football. Never been more excitement about South Carolina football than there is right now. I've heard all the stories of the great George Rogers out back in 1980. He made the whole nation holler. And I've seen that photograph of young Steve Tannehill of an old Dust Valley signing his name on the field. Yeah, and I love the year 2001 if it Williams Bryce Rock. Can I say, I'm just a big old car. Episode of the show, Inside the Gamecocks. By the way, I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Molinax. We have Michael Flint coming up at noon. <laughs> uh, it's the day before game, so obviously... Uh, we play that little intro on Fridays, and it, it kind of f- fires me up a little bit, Phil. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's time to get right, bounce back. Always be excited for football Saturdays. I had another horrible night of picks. I <laughs> went, with, uh, went with Georgia State and Virginia Tech, and I'm like, Ooh. yeah, those were ugly. I went with the home dogs, right? You know, yeah. home dog on a Thursday night, Blacksburg and Atlanta. And, oh, man. I think, um, I don't know, uh, you know, so sometimes people, I guess, bet with their hearts and they lose. And, and maybe I bet with my heart because I like Georgia State and Virginia Tech. But, man, I didn't see that coming. I haven't seen a lot coming. I'm just going to shut up. If you're out there and, and you've heard me make picks on JC and Morgan or you uh, make picks here, don't listen to me, please. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, it's a, I'm in a rut. I mean, it, it, this has been a bad year. <laughs> yeah, we get, we're going to bounce back, though. You got to bounce back. <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. I mean, I, I'm in a rut. Your Carolina's offense is in a perpetual rut. Yeah. The Gamecocks are one and two. Mm. Uh, you know, the only team winning is, is our ninth graders, ninth grade team. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> and he's finally starting again, so that's happy. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm shrouded in mediocrity right now. So. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I can't even hold on to my commanders because they lost to the Lions this past week. <laughs> Man, the only good thing that's happened is, uh, you know, the Manscaped package came a couple of yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, right. That was like a small victory for me. Awesome. I'm like, oh, man. 
<laughs> Sad. Well, anyway, we hope you're all doing well today. Uh, South Carolina Charlotte kicks off tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, ESPNU. Home night game. Uh, some recruits in town. Uh, not as big of a list as last week, obviously, but a uh, pretty good list. You'll, you can read that on thebigspur.com. Uh, Isaiah Jada, who's the JUCO that's committed to the Gamecocks uh, from Snow Junior College in Utah. Um, I've said this before, but it, it's kind of a neat little thing. He, he actually went to high school where Reggie Bush went to high school at Halifax in San Diego. So San Diego, California native. Like, wow, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's coming to town. And uh, Marky Anderson, who's uh, one of the Gamecocks' top high school offensive line recruits, coming in for another unofficial with his family. Um, and then a lot of underclassmen and some folks like that. All right. <clears throat> Nana Sports chat box is going to come and say a quick good morning. Uh, and then we, we got to clear out the mailbag. You know, this is like uh, we got to stay on top of it better. And and, and we'll, we'll do that. That's on me because I, I start running my mouth and interacting and things like that. And I, I always I don't always bounce over to the email. So that's on me. We're going to stay on top of it better. And uh, all that that I help consulting mailbag. Um, so we're going to say hello to our chat boxers today, uh, and then bounce over there, clear those questions out and answer your questions and all that from the chat box, completely interactive, uh, no poll today. Uh, by the way, uh, I looked at the results of the poll Phil, yesterday and it was over or under 40 points, you know, uh, 39 and a half, right. Yeah. For the Gamecocks. In other words, what will, will Charlotte snap its streak? Of holding of not of allowing more than forty points in a game that's that streaks seven games long right now. Okay, so Georgia State almost didn't get there uh, against them last week, but uh, most people don't want to be that team, you know. (laughs) Yeah, most people people have a little faith in the Gamecocks. It was like seventy to thirty Gamecocks will get over forty points. Of course, it's not all not all offense, you know. Last year, South Carolina certainly had a lot of defensive scores. This year, there's some special team scores uh, from the first game, a couple of them. So we'll see sort of what happens. All right. The beautiful Pacific Northwest uh, on the shore, John Thompson. Uh, he's like, absolutely positively got to get right tomorrow. Huge game. It shouldn't be a huge game, but it is. Absolutely, John. Absolutely. I mean, we love our people out there in the Pacific Northwest that tune in each and every day. Uh, Jan, <clears throat> good Friday to my skint heads. Yeah, anybody that knows Jan, he's he's got a similar hairdo to, <laughs> to me and Phil right now. Rodney's like, let's go. Good morning. Good morning, Rodney. Mm-hmm. Craig's like, what's happening? Fist bump with Jan and solidarity about having no hair. And then Jan gets impatient here and goes, well, we're waiting. I'm waiting? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, Danny. Come on, Jan. Clint's happy Friday to all. Jared says aloha, aloha, Jared. Uh, John laughed at Jan Bennett. Judge Smales in the house. Um, funny back and forth there. And Bryce makes a good point here. Okay, so Bryce says we're back in the preseason. Season doesn't start for another two weeks. We play in Lexington. Yep, this these are the reset. Yep. You want to consider these preseason games? That's <laughs> like, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Uh, Xavier uh, goes listening from when when Natchi, when Washington. Missed the show yesterday. Glad to have it back. Thanks, Xavier. Xavier's a big fan. Always, you know, says a lot of nice things to us and always interacts. We appreciate you. 
Uh, he and John, are, and then we have, I think we have one more from the Pacific Northwest. I think too. there is a third out there. There is a third out there. Mm -hmm. Saunder goes, if our office doesn't look like it's taking out pinup aggression on these guys, I'll be breaking out the liquor. <laughs> That's dangerous. Might break that out anyway, just to make sure everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how my picks go tomorrow. Hell, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. Daddy o says he's in the clean head club too. Yeah, the clean head club. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, Craig has a prediction. He says Marshawn will go for 115. Rattler 320 ish, 43 to 20. Sounds feasible. Uh, I'm almost at the point to think the offense is going to do well in spite of everything <laughs> you know just gonna will it <laughs> well, talked <laughs> about it you know talked about it all week yeah jan says he's ready for bourbon in kentucky yeah <laughs> so am i jan i'm going to that game and meeting up with jan by the way nice uh, we're doing the bourbon tour and i'm gonna go horse race watching or, and uh with a, another folks and my fiance and all that so we're gonna have a good time uh so there will so so the, there will be an alternative show arrangement at the end, Thursday and Friday of Kentucky week, by the way. Yep. Um, we'll have something. I just don't know what it'll be yet. Nathan, welcome in. Nathan, his first live appearance in the Nanosports chat box. Yes, sir. Um, Quantrell says, do you think there's any chance if Beamer can run up the score? Will he do it as a confidence builder? Got to get the vibes right. I mean, I'd keep attacking. I would play everybody. Mm -hmm. But I, I kind of like the whole – Steve Spurrier philosophy of, I guess, seems like I say that a lot these days, right? <laughs> of, uh, well, we're going to put our reserves in, but we're still going to run our offense. It's up to you to stop it. Yeah. We're not going to play our starters, but uh, we're, we're just going to keep running our offense. Um, <clears throat> Daddy O says, weather has just turned the liquor from white to brown. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't quit the brown stuff. I don't do the clear anymore. <laughs> I, I gave very rarely. I'll have I'll have a maybe a shot or something. Mm -hmm. Very rarely. I, now we'll have a Bloody Mary. Like oh. if I have to get drugged of what's called, it, it's kind of an evil demon um, dressed up like uh, something girls like to do. Uh, it's called Sunday brunch. Sunday brunch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that out there. You know that they'll get you in trouble. Like that they, you know, it's like this is something you know girls like to do. So I should go do this. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, it really deep in your heart, you're like, hell, breakfast food and liquor, and I'm hungover after Saturday. I'm there, dude. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Um, but it can get you because, like, okay, so you go to brunch on 10, let's say 10 30 ish, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you're there at Sunday brunch. The omelet man's makes you a delicious omelet, you're about three Bloody Marys in. And you don't drink liquor, and uh, and you're like, <laughs> let's go somewhere. Let's go to the bar now. You know, next thing you know, the, the four o'clock. If it's, it's football season, the four o'clock NFL games are coming on. You're thinking about having to get up the next day. You know, and it all started with this frou frou brunch that, that, that you got. You know, that you didn't want to go. That, you know, you didn't want to go to anyway. Uh, it's a demon from hell sometimes. Mm -hmm. Brunch. I usually go uh, for the mimosa option at brunch to try to avoid the liquor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I like, but I like like tomato juice and all that. But all right. So we've been asked to make some picks too by Colin, uh, and I got a little cheerleader behind me with a sign bouncing up and down in my house that says "I love brunch." She yeah, made a sign and brought it in here. Brunch. I love brunch. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, Daddy O goes, it tastes like spring water today. <laughs> yeah, that's a Ron White. Uh, he's on those with Dr. Phil, and he's like, you know, Doc, sometimes it tastes like spring water. And then Dr. Phil goes, why don't you just drink spring water, Ron? And he's like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny one. All right. All right I, I can't get off on the, bron- the, 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 the Ron White here. Um, so... <laughs> yes, Colin, I you know, Clemson and Wake Forest, Phil. I think Clemson wins. Yeah, Clemson, too. Yeah. Just because they've owned Wake Forest. I, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I'm not saying Clemson's played particularly well this year. They haven't really played particularly anybody. <laughs> right. So this is by far a big surprise there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by far, probably the best team they've played, but they'll get up for that. And, and like I said, Dabo's never lost to Wake Forest. I think I think every coach before him did. I, I think Tommy West lost. Ken Hatfield lost to Wake once. I know Danny Ford got. Maybe Danny didn't lose to him. Um, blah, 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 blah. Who, who was after? Uh, Tommy Bowden certainly lost to Wake Forest quite a few times. Oh, they hated that. Yeah, <laughs> they got him fired. And Badabo's not lost to Wake. No, mm. no, I don't see him losing tomorrow. I just you know their defense is too stout. I mean, it's yeah, Wake's not going to be able to move the ball like they have been. And Kansas Duke. I Kansas. I like Kansas. It was basketball. Uh, the basketball showdown, you know. Um, yeah, Duke's undefeated. Nice win at Northwestern. I do think that you know the, 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 Mike Elko is also a nice start there. Mm-hmm. But the Jayhawks. I mean, you, you look at who they played and who they beat. And you know, West Virginia had a pretty big win last night. Kansas beat them. Uh, Houston was in the top twenty-five at the beginning. Kansas beat them, and they beat. Uh, some other team to start. I think they've got a stronger resume. It's since we're talking about basketball schools, we'll talk about their resume, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and they should they should beat Duke and move get forward. A good quad three win. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, Phil. Tennessee and Florida. I'm going Tennessee on that one uh, again. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm thinking this. You know, 25 out of the last 32 years, Florida has beaten Tennessee. They've owned them. When, when Tennessee's been good, when they've not been so good, when Florida's been bad, mm-hmm. they still have that one win over Tennessee, right? right, right. <laughs> it's a clean two. I think there's going to be a comeuppance this Saturday in Knoxville. Oh, nice. I, 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 think, I think Tennessee's caught Florida right now where in, in the first year of a coaching staff where they've got to fine-tune some things in their passing game. They're not – They've got athletes. They've got talent. They always do. They're always one of the faster teams in the league. Yeah. But it's going to take them some time, Billy Napier some time. And and I think given the challenge that Tennessee presents with their offense, given that it's in Knoxville, game day is going to be there, they're ready to – this just seems like the time that, that Tennessee is going to wallop them. Yeah, Florida's not designed to come back this year. And yeah. I think they're going to be put in that position early Saturday night. Yeah. Saturday yeah, afternoon, I think. Was it a noon game or 3.30 kickoff? Yeah. Uh, 3.30. 3.30. CBS. Yeah, CBS. Brad Nessler. Nice. Gary Daniels. <laughs> game day in Knoxville. Spurrier is the guest picker. Is he really? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not going to get up there and pick against the Gators. I mean, I, I like said I know he's from Tennessee, so he's a good guy to have. But I mean, man, he's gonna. Yeah, I don't think he'll pick against Florida, but you know, no you, know you never know. I mean, if anybody's going to shoot it straight, 
<laughs> Shoot, I just don't think we're very good. Well, Tennessee. Quarterback ain't much this year. Quarterback ain't much this year. Certainly, we, we don't have a very good, you know. Yeah, Jerry um, Gold, what I'm going to Arkansas and what was that? Arkansas A and M this week. Uh, yeah. Now there's always the chance Max Johnson, who's our A and M quarterback, could just go off because that's the one weakness of Arkansas um, is their pass D dead last in the country and pass defense. I think you know I was thinking they're a top five team maybe after they played Carolina after kind of watching just how bad their secondary is and. It is sad that I had to watch Missouri State to really come to that conclusion. <laughs> but uh, it, uh, you know, it's uh, I, you know, I, I think that's the one way A and M can win. But you know, what what evidence is A and M? You know, there's no evidence that they're even halfway decent on offense. No, right now, uh, and so we'll see what happens. But I'm going Arkansas uh, as well with that. So, Colin, that's a, that's a good one here. Um, and we'll, we'll get in on all these other things, uh, for the Nana sports chat box, but ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's time for the IELTS consulting mailbag. All right. uh, you know what I'd like is like, you know, maybe have like a Mr. McFeely graphic when we go to the mailbag. Oh, right. <laughs> Speedy delivery. <laughs> um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So there's one here on Twitter. And um, we're gonna we're gonna go with this one because it's from Gamecock Pastor, and we missed his uh, his his uh, deal there. Uh, by the way, predictions in Louisville poll give your score prediction and where you're coming from. Xavier has already gotten on Twitter and done it. Forty eight twenty one Carolina from of course when Anchi was Washington. So mm-hmm. there you go. Thanks Xavier. Uh, Gamecock Pastor has been a little absent and taking some personal time this week. Don't blame you. Going with thirty one seventeen Gamecocks. Ooh. Got to just get out with the dub and take this week to the next and get healthy. Use these two games to find an identity and get Spencer rolling. So I don't – and uh, King got Pastor, of course, is from the upstate of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Phil, I don't know that people are going to be happy with a 31-17 win over this team. There, there will still be much angst and consternation if that's the final score. <laughs> much angst yeah. and consternation. But you know what? I mean, still – well within the realm of outcomes, which is sad, but yeah, not gonna yeah. make people happy. <laughs> no, no doubt. <laughs> All right, so that's that's uh that's the mailbag off Twitter. There's two ways to get in the mailbag, and uh, one is to tweet at the Big Spur Pod on Twitter. The other way is to inside the game packs at gmail.com. There are some that are pretty old. Phil's gonna read one. We're gonna kind of run through it again. We're doing it. We're gonna do better, you know, because we had two shows we missed this week, so. Maybe cut us a little slack on this, but well, we're going to start kind of cutting out time for it because I, and again, this is my fault because I, I start running my mouth and, you know, bounce from this, that, and the other. And I, sometimes I forget. So the IHELP consulting mailbag, ladies and gentlemen, take it away, Phil. Yeah, we'll start with Justin who uh, waited till 530 on Sunday to send his uh, <laughs> comments about the Georgia game. So he said, I waited till 530 to send this email because I found myself using a lot of obscenities before now in the question. Please get someone to ask what the thought process was of putting DK in on the first drive when it was third and what, five or six, and then running him. I know Muschamp knows DK very well, and I have to imagine he was licking his chops when he saw him come in to help uh clear i absolutely love dk same we all do and we know he went out and did what he was asked to do yep we know and this you know, we've all kind of just scratched our head over that one justin it didn't 
then it was not, uh, you know, no tendencies were broken. And like I said earlier, I think it was Monday, you know, there were 80,000 people in the stands and a million people watching on TV that knew exactly what was about to happen right there. Mm-hmm. Tendencies, tendencies. Yeah. And, and they did ask and, and Satterfield's explanation. I'll let yeah. that stand for itself. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to sit there and dissect, uh, you know, his explanation because, you know, did, did I buy it? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because then it starts like I'm like it's like I'm arguing, you know, and you're just going back, you know. I mean, so mm-hmm. I'll just let, I'll let what he said about it stand for itself. Yeah. Everybody, everybody just moves moves forward and hope you don't see it again. Right. But I said that last year after they ran it a bunch, so mm-hmm. you know, I bet, mm-hmm. I bet we will. Hey, at least we didn't have any defensive linemen throwing any passes this week. <laughs> Man, saving that for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, so. Twitter and the message boards will explode if that happens. No doubt. Chavis says Shane knows Satterfield has no future at South Carolina. Why let him coach through two cupcakes and use that to defend him by winning those two? The next two weeks should be about Kentucky with a new play caller practicing against lower competition. Wait and score three against Kentucky. What does that accomplish? Give our guys a fighting chance. That's not how coaches look at it. I mean, like if. Uh, and look, I get where you're coming from. I mean, there's logic to that, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to change horses midstream, you got two games to kind of get by, and then a, you know, an SEC game and an open date before the rest of the season. But um, you know, like if, if Nick Saban ever heard you say that, have you ever heard Nick Saban rant about reporters that are like, "Oh, you're going to play the backups this week against"? You know, mm-hmm. the Citadel or whoever. I'm not the Citadel because they had him down at halftime a couple of years right. ago. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana, but well, how do you know they're going to get a play? We were, look, we respect all team. He goes off. Um, you take it one game at a time. You try to play your best game um, every single time out and, and, and all that um, rather than kind of trying to play that. Because, you know, you play those games with the opponents. Mm-hmm. You can get beat. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you, you go out there, Charlotte's good enough on offense and Carolina's got enough on defense. Like, and let's just say this, Let, let's say, because when you, if you change play callers, right, it doesn't automatically fix everything. Uh, it takes, it, it'll take a game or two at least because look, the kids aren't used to being, I mean, they're used to running what they've been working on all year. Right. So you change and there's a new voice and a new style. I mean, you could go out there and have, you know, a, a, a game what I call a game of adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to where maybe maybe you don't only put 14 points on the board against Charlotte. And then, you know, if you're looking up there and they have 24, you've lost. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that, you know? I mean, so, I mean, I see it a lot. I just know coaches don't really, you know, they kind of take it a game at a time. And, you know, when I've seen things happen – well, you know, like that, it, it's usually been during like an open date. Yeah. And there's one of those after Kentucky and before Texas A&M. Um, but, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, what, I'm not coming down on you, man. <laughs> All right, next question. Let's see. I think uh, what we got, Xavier checking in. Let's see. So some post-game thoughts. Juju should be running back one. He always moves the ball well when he has it. Two, Gamecock Pastor seems to be correct when he says that Rattler has elite talent, but not elite eyes. Three, change the offensive system. We never play a short passing game with guys like Stogner and Bell at tight end. Throw some more slant routes, cut routes, speed the game up, play to our strengths. 
Uh, four, I'm not out on Rattler yet, however. Do you think Doty is a little more suited in the system we're trying to run? Love to hear your thoughts, guys. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Looking at the last one first, I think Doty's at an advantage in that he's been in the system for two years of watching it. I don't know if he'd be any better at it. Um, Spencer needs to settle down. Yeah. I'm just going to find a rhythm. I think number three plays to that, though. It was like you had to get the ball out of his hands quicker and draw up plays that don't take, you know, four seconds to develop. (laughs) That might help. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No it's doubt. Just, you just, you know, it's get right. I mean, I've been on it. It's the get right games. I think, you know, there's two schools of thought to it. It was like, yeah, you're giving Satterfield an opportunity to kind of save his job, even though it's easy competition. But it's it's more about the team, you know, and building that confidence in the team. They have to be mm-hmm. able to build some confidence over the next couple of weeks, regardless of who's calling plays or who the offensive coordinator is. Um because you got a huge game coming up in Lexington three weeks from now, and you can't drop it if you want to move on and have a great season. Agreed with those points, Phil. And yeah, I'm not ready to put Doty in yet. Uh, no. with, <laughs> uh, you know, I can I can say that and not want to make some hasty change without, you know, with giving Doty credit for improving number one and number two. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Spencer Rattler's been flawless by any means. So yeah. that's the, that's the whole thing there. Uh, Phil, Phil, uh, this is Phil that actually emails in. Not you, Phil. Phil, uh, this other Phil. Uh, hey, JC, been a while since I wrote in. Just wanted to say the new show platform is awesome, and I appreciate what you and Phil do. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Phil. Okay, Phil. Thank you. Even Phil. Oh, hey, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, 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 doctor. 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 <laughs> yeah, but it, nobody thought they'd get a spies like us reference again yeah, today. Right? Uh, he I'm says, like Caddy Shack, we're on a roll today, baby. <laughs> Ranked 100 in total offense, 113 total defense, 127 turnover margin. Yeah, it's ugly. <laughs> uh, and there's no doubt about it. You know, I mean, it's that's ugly. And that's what happens when, uh, you know, you, you you can't score, um, you know, and you, you're good for about two touchdown drives a game. I mean, think about it. Look, we've, we've all watched the same movie over and over. Uh, it's disappointing. Uh, it's it's surprising because I thought for sure that this would this would not be an issue this year, that, it's, you know, some, that it would get fixed. It's not. Um, he says, this statistically the worst start to Carolina football. I'd have to go back. Maybe, okay, so 1992, Phil, got off to – it was Carolina's first year in the SEC. They lost 28 – they had Georgia down 6 nothing at halftime. Then Georgia scored 28 unanswered. Then Arkansas beat them 45-7 the next week. Both games were at Williams-Brice. <laughs> that team was quarterbacked by Wright Mitchell. Tannehill took over later on. Um, that one was probably down there, I would guess, but without looking at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually there's a get right game, or usually when you play, you know, they play a G five team to open the season. It may be a struggle. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I I I don't know if it's the worst start. He says he understands the level of competition. The numbers don't lie. Something has to give, or we're in for a historically disappointing season. I agree. I mean, if this doesn't change, I still believe in Beamer, but we're about to find out how he handles those tough head coaching decisions. Um. It's a coaching issue, you know. I, I think, I think you have some guys that aren't playing their best, you know. But I think also 
you know, you're right. Great coaches coach within the means of the talent they have. Example, App State beating AM. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't pull upsets like App State did against AM without being well coached. He's like, thank you all for the great podcast. So yeah, Phil, I think uh, I think Phil has a good point there. Confusing. <laughs> yep, I know. Yeah, so that's crazy. So we got uh, Bear. Bear. Yeah. JC, what's the break even on Beamer's positivity in press conferences versus blaming players versus sounding tone deaf? I know he's a positive guy, but it seems like he overcompensates taking up for the coaching by blaming the players for not making plays. Then today he said, and I quote, uh, the line played really, really well. His press conference are starting to sound as concerning as every time Sat gets behind the mic. Your thoughts? Bear. Oh, Bear. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't know that I would say really, really well. <laughs> um, I, I did say that, that, that I thought it wasn't terrible. You know, um, I thought the offensive line actually played its best game. I, I sort of like having Wanamaker out there. Um, I think he's a good player uh, and actually played well last season and got better this offseason. So I like that. Um, maybe they have a couple other tricks up their sleeves or, or changes they could make uh, up front. Uh, but um, really, really well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I. You know. At this point, it's like I think Beamer, when he's speaking to the media in press conferences, is really just talking to the team. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, to that note, and we got to get to a break really quick. Uh, Barstool Sports has called on to the Sunshine Train uh, with Beamer. Uh, you know, we're going to discuss it like rational human beings here, uh, you yeah. know, and all that good stuff uh, when we get back. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, Beamer's not going to change. He's going to continue to point out positives and be well, so you can't do anything about it. Uh, if you don't like it, I guess. But um, now Clint says 1999 was pretty bad statistically on the Nana Sports chat box. Um, yeah, it was offensively. It was bad. But Carolina's defense was actually pretty solid that year. Um, I think the defense was in the top 25. But anyway, so, yeah, we're going to talk about this barstool sports thing when we come back. And, and sort of the they carved a little bit out of what Beamer was saying about the fourth quarter. Um, and, and you know, I'll, I'll let you know kind of what the, what the, um, the deal was there, uh, when we return, uh, you know, so we're going to do that, finish out the mailbag, interact on the chat box. Uh, got another prediction in right before we go to break Phil right here. Uh, Rick, my man, Rick down in Jacksonville in the sunshine state, 49, 17 Gamecocks mm -hmm. over the 49ers. That would kind of be a score. I think people could live with Rick. Yeah. 49 17 almost half a hundred all right folks we'll be right back uh after these messages hour number one rolls on of the show just as your state farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates you can combine your home auto life or small business insurance with tony pope state farm insurance today and guess what you'll get that's right even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates in fact tony pope state farm is your go-to agent anywhere in south carolina north carolina or georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want so try combining your home life auto and or small business insurance 
difference today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. 
thank you, Jaheem. And of course, Inside the Game Talks the Show is presented by Manscaped. Don't forget, promo code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com to get you 20% off the free worldwide shipping. And of course, the first hour of the show, as always, is presented by Cindy Searfoss, Colwell Banker Kane Realty here in the upstate for all your residential real estate needs. Give her a call, 864-414-5271. Yeah, go Cindy. Saw she sold another house yesterday. We share that on the Instagram account for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, be sure to follow that. All right. So, yeah, it's not Barstool. It's a Kentucky fan that writes for Barstool. And that's kind of funny. But, uh, <laughs> you know. All right. So, Beamer says they're 10-2 last year uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, actually... They were eight, three, and two in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, of those games, uh, I mean, Auburn was zero, zero. So I guess that was a tie. Um, you know, okay. So <laughs> they actually lost the fourth quarter for Florida in that big win. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I get it. Uh, the frustration and, and, and about these quotes. Uh, I don't really want to lend a whole lot to a Kentucky fan. I, th- I thought it was like regular bar stool, like some of their guys, um, <clears throat> you know, and what he wrote. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I I, 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 I see where he's coming from as far as you always want to remain positive. You always want to remain, uh, you know, upbeat. You always want to encourage, you know, what victories you have. Okay, but you know. I, I think the fan base is over the the moral victories in the fourth quarter, and being because you're, you're down so much, yeah. you know, it, it's fine. I, I think internally, you know, if they want to look at it and just te- continue to teach and coach and be positive, that's fine. Uh, I just probably wouldn't put that out there in the media anymore. Right. <laughs> People are just not happy. Uh, that internal. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and then, you know, you end up on Barstool Sports. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, no, the program's not a joke. Neither is Shane Beaver. Okay. Shane is a, uh, a heck of a coach. Uh, I think a good leader. Um, I think anytime you're not winning, when you're a guy that's kind of like him, uh, that's super positive, you know, people are going to kind of, you know, go, ah, blah, blah, blah. that's the world we live in, Phil, you know, <laughs> people don't like positive people anyway, you know, I mean, even if they're awesome, you know, I mean, you know, you look at some of the super positive coaches out there that have won like the Tabo, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he went from like media darling to, I mean, and there's, there's other more sinister political reasons for this that I won't get into, but, uh, to like, you know, the minute they started not winning a national championship or playing for it every year, ah, Davo, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Got I a know, few some people just get on their Twitter and message boards and, and take all their aggressions out on one person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and, and look, that's comments. I don't know. Uh, do I think so? Do, because of what uh, those stats are, do I think South Carolina is, is, as a program right now, is a consistently good fourth quarter football team now? No. Uh, I can't say that because they haven't played enough close. I mean, there have been very few close games during the Beamer era, Beamer era Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and even some of the scores, like the Missouri game last year was close at the end by three. Um, 
but you know, Carolina was down 17 inexcusably in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have been pretty big margins either way. Yeah. If you think about it. So I, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, when I hear fourth quarter football team, I think, well, thrives in clutch situations and close games. Maybe the uh, maybe that'll help pointing out that positive and telling them that you're a fourth quarter football team. That's fine. I mean, that, that's good coaching, in my opinion. Um, but you know, when you kind of translate it to what we do and what's out there, it's probably not. Um, got a, uh, a my man Muck Fark Stoops. All that on Twitter. Four <laughs> uh, Carolina forty eight, Charlotte ten. Checking in from Greenwood, South Carolina. A Riddle. Carolina 38, Charlotte 21, Mars Hill, North Carolina. Thank you for your predictions. Uh, Phil, let's get back to the, the emailed mailbag, right? Let's see. Yeah. The I Help Consulting mailbag. Ken drops by. Good morning, JC and Phil. Good morning. Gamecock Twitter is seemingly on fire after the loss to UGA. I'm remaining positive, but some folks are now worried about the Charlotte game coming up. My opinion is if we lose to Charlotte, then we have real problems. Would love to hear y'all's take on your current outlook of the season team. Respectfully, Ken. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to lose to Charlotte. I don't understand why some people think we are. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, <laughs> that w- bad days. I, I mean, you know, it, it would be, yeah. Some moves would have to be made if that happened, I think. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there's any way around that. <laughs> lose to Charlotte and get your standard two touchdown drives. Yeah, no, no, no. Mm-mm. That's not going to cut it. I mean, you know, even if, yeah, I don't think, I, I, I think South Carolina, like I've called it a get right game. And uh, it's an opportunity. I think these next two weeks are opportunities for this program, or, or not this program, this team. Program is bigger than yeah. team. It's team, you know, uh, but this team uh, to get things moving in the right direction before what I think is a pretty manageable, based on what I've seen so far. And, and again, don't listen to me on predictions. <laughs> uh, but a manageable schedule for the rest of the way. You know, sometimes you look at the schedule before the season, you're like, my God, there's always good teams, blah, blah, blah. Rarely does it turn out that way. You know, you yeah. always, I remember 2017, I thought that was a ridiculously hard schedule. Uh, but then you, you look up and everybody, you know, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, all tanked and everybody got fired. So <laughs> it wasn't. It was actually a pretty easy schedule. Um, and, and the game box won nine. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you think that it's not, but you know, in year two, uh, just like in 2017, you used to win, win as many games as you can. I mean, I, I think with this yeah, group, yeah. I don't um, down in the team or the outlook for the season. I mean, you still got a lot in front of you, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've lost uh, two of the best teams of the nation. You looked ugly doing it. That was the one concern because of carrying over some of that holdover stuff from last year, but. Uh, you know, it's not over, and and yeah. and you got the ability to to build some confidence over the next couple of weeks for the team. That's that's the important part. That should be the focus of the next two weeks. Cool. All right, who's the next one up, Phil? Let's see. Through Ken, Gamecock, Lax. Oh, lacrosse. I'm assuming LAX. Who knows? Either that or he's All right, we're the airport. <laughs> yeah, either that or he's at the airport. He's one of those such tiny people that works at LAX. The comment from Satterfield regarding the Van Podcast third down discussion. We have a series of plays in a certain formation. It's just kind of a base play for us. They gave us the exact look we wanted, and we want and uh, that we needed in order for that play to be successful. And I called it. And, you know, we hadn't repped it in about three weeks, and I shouldn't have done it. I can't promise I won't do it again. I'll try not to, but we have base plays that I have to be able to carry over from week to week. 
Well, all right. So, so, so there's there's one one thing. I, I think this is a little bit of a. Uh, you know, I, I I think coaches have. I mean, it wasn't unusual for Steve Spurrier to dial up a play they had in practice that was in the playbook. Um, now, is the issue the playbook itself because it's a little bit heavy and you know, kind of what they like to do is is practice pull things out every week and practice them and rep them and. You know, if there's so much that you know you can't recall, uh, I think that's that's maybe on Satterfield. But I I don't think that dialing something up that, that is a base play uh, that you maybe hadn't repped during the week. I mean, that, that's you, you have to be able to do that, especially if it's a base play. You know, I think so. Um, and, and I don't even remember what play it was. <laughs> so, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, and I know Josh has apologized for this, and uh, things should be over, you know, right now. Because uh, that, that's kind of tough. I mean, because, you know, you, you interpret it. You know, fans are, gonna, fans are mad at Satterfield, and uh, anything that happens that seems negative, I mean, about him, they're going to just, you know, that's going to be more uh, – wood on the bonfire, so to speak. I don't think that's always fair. Uh, I think that there's some things that, you know, happen that, you know, aren't necessarily on him. I mean, he's not, yeah. he's not Al Pacino from the devil's, what is the devil's advocate? Devil's advocate. <laughs> Satan. I'm Satan. Hey, Keanu Reeves. Hi. I'm Al Pacino. Anyway. Um, Keanu Reeves. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would, I would never cast Al Pacino to play Marcus Satterfield. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into who I'd cast. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna get into it. Uh, not gonna get into it. Tristan says, "What can you tell you about these guys?" Elijah Griffin from Savannah Prep, David Sanders. Those are underclassmen. Sanders is. Uh, only 25 kids. Yeah, those are young guys right now. Um, the reason that, you know, that algorithm they have it on three is just like projecting based on mentions. Mm. So um, really good players though. Sanders, if you, so you know, you're looking at all these tackles going down, you know, going down the, the, coming down the pipe with Pringle and Thompson in the next class. Sanders is in that next class. And then there's a kid from Gaffney in that next class that I think will, will be on the radar big time too. Mm -hmm. I think Griffin's a big time young defensive lineman, you know, Savannah Christian with the dogs are going to be involved. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens there. Thanks, Tristan. And finally, Eric, Oh, that's more of a statement than a question. Yep. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, I, I, I like you think the scheme is solid, but the right calls aren't made at the right time. For example, in the NFL, everyone's so closely talented. I think most teams try to exploit another team's weakness opposed to doing what they do best, like last year when Dallas played Tampa Bay. They didn't think they could run on them, so they didn't even try. They just kept throwing on them. I think that's what Sat is trying to do. But I think in college, you're better off doing what you do best opposed to trying to do something different every week to exploit a weakness. I don't, I don't know about exploiting weaknesses, uh, especially with individual matchups. I think maybe conceptually they, conceptually they do it. Yeah. Uh, or in other words, this is what they're not good at, or they don't always stop. So this is a series of, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'd have to get into it, but um, it seems like on the third and sixth Jordan play, it seemed like in his mind, he's thinking they will not expect to run because it's a passing situation. 
Yeah, but that play, though, it's not – if he had run a draw play there, Eric, I think you'd have been some grumbling. And then I'm, I'm going to move off this because we got to we got to get some more stuff. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate the question. If he had run a draw play or even, like, another power run to Marshawn, uh, because Marshawn did get four and looked like he had a hole. I'm not. I'm not really upset about it. Um, I'm still kind of wondering why you go pass, 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 run, run, run. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, but that 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 the carry and joiner play, and I, I sat there and thought about it because he, he mentioned it during the week. Um, doing what you do in the bowl game, and and, and somebody texts me, they're like, "Oh my god, you don't think he's going to break out that horrific one one play wildcat thing that never worked all year last year, including." Uh, first and goal from the two against Tennessee before the infamous Jordan Birch pass. And I said, nah, I said, he's probably, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me maybe if things aren't going well for Jordan to get a series, you know, yeah. like he did in the bowl mm-hmm. game, because then, you know, DeCarion can play that game because he gets out there, he gets a feel of the game. He doesn't just have one play to go in there and be a hero, you know, um, and, and, and in a clutch situation, you know, and he's in, he's he's a court. I've said this for a long time. The Karrion Joyner is a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what he's best at. And so he goes out there and he's the quarterback for a little while. Yeah, he's going to make some things happen. Um, but I think I think the thing with him is he, he it's a Joyner package, not a Joyner play. Uh, but it's been a Joyner play for two years now, except for one game, and things worked out pretty well in that one game. So um, he said that particular situation should be a pass, preferably on six yards. Yeah, and what, what I didn't like about it, too, is Spencer started with a nice throw to Stogner to start mm-hmm. things off, got a first down. You know, okay, so you're not doing him any favors, pulling him off the field on third and six after one th- pass. You're not doing Spencer Rattler any favors. You'd have been, I mean, you know, how's he supposed to kind of, you know, build on that first early success, you know? Right, yeah, and and so it, early in the game too. You can't get it yeah, so early in the game, and uh, you know, I would have, heck, I'd have been fine if they'd have left Spencer in there and let him run. You know, I'd have been happier about that. Yeah, the Jordan thing you put five in, and it just allows them to key. I mean, dude, that they were they were going to play quite a bit, especially at the beginning of last year. Georgia has their game tapes from last year; they, they've seen it. And, and they, they, you know, college coaches sit around all summer and game plan for the competition. You know, they watch everybody's film. You don't think they're sitting there making notes? When five comes in, he keeps. He, um, I thought it was a miracle DK got three. And, and to credit the blockers and DK on that play. Now, he may have made the wrong read, as somebody pointed out in the chat box. But, you know, he, he, he ran that play exactly like he's run that play every single time he's been in. So there's a tendency there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know. But anyway, thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Uh, and that's, Phil, we're done with the mailbag. We've caught. We called, did. We got through it. We made it through. And uh, we're going to spread those out a little more. We're going to maybe set up. Maybe we'll do the mailbag at like a specific time. Yeah. Every, um, we should clear out the post-game stuff Monday. Do a better job of that. That way we don't get behind. Yeah, exactly. You're. That's a good point. That's a good point. What do you think about Todd Ellis saying last night that there isn't any noise out here about the offense? I would have to know exactly what he said. I didn't yeah. listen. He said, "Isn't any noise out here?" Out I don't where? know what that means. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Without context, I can't answer that. Home team? Is it, they still do that at home team barbecue? Is, it, is he talking about at home team barbecue? 
No, so they were doing. Yeah, I, I don't know where they do it. Oh, Backstreets Grill. I oh, I'm sorry. I yeah, thought it was yeah, yeah. I'm, an, I'm sorry. Sorry, Backstreets. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know what he's talking about. It, it, you know, maybe he's talking about at the actual location of the show, because there were some calls last night that, yeah, I don't know, upset people. I guess, but. Um, <laughs> uh, I did not. I should have listened last night. I did not. I, I completely mm. forgot about it. I can't get it, you know. So, but I, I read Whittle's Whittle, uh, recap, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, Colin says we did the exact same thing as UGA. Back to the Nana's Porch chat box. By the way, shout out to Nana's Porch, my boy Chris that runs Nana's Porch. Um, <laughs> so he's in Virginia. So last night I get a, a, a picture from him, and it's my buddy Brent Childress who owns our. Uh, runs vtscoop.com oh. a virginia tech site i helped them start back in 2015 and got it up and rolling and he's like and chris like you know this guy i was like it's brent man it's my boy what's up are you at the game so nana's porch okay so here's what he said this, this is like taking the goodness of great food uh wherever it needs to go by any means necessary hmm. uh, blacksburg they had has had to leave blacksburg drive to charleston today for a an event and then turns around and goes to Columbia tomorrow for a Billy G's barbecue event uh, at the Carolina game. Man, oh, man. Golly. That's, that's, that's championship level from Nana's well, Port. Yeah, that's burning that's, the road up. That's man. championship yeah. level. That's, that's giving the gift of barbecue to all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spreading the love. That's right. All, that's right. For all people. Uh, you know, Colin says, your star quarterback completes a nice pass. You want to get him in rhythm? Why take him out? It's been said a thousand times. It's infuriating. I know. I know. I'm just gonna try to forget that nightmare. But even you know what? I thought I thought that those days of that were over. I honestly did. I was like, they're certainly not gonna do this to carry on this year and throw them out there for one play. I'm always see. I told you, Phil. I've been wrong all year. Just totally. Right? Yeah. I know. I know. This is just one of those years where it's just like nothing that we have said is. Be what happens. I don't know. You know, what what the hell do we know? Uh, Colin has another interesting thing that I think Michael Bratton would agree with. Check this out his upset alert. Oh, I saw that earlier. Missouri over Auburn. And, and dude, if that happens, I'm going to, I'm going to give Michael Bratton so many props because he called that like in July or, or mm-hmm. August when we first had him on, when we first started. Yep. So, Colin, you'd be in good company. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I don't – Missouri's not looked very good either. I mean, they look pretty good in the opener against La Tech. I like Luther Burden. When Brady Cook's playing well, they, they tend to go up enough. I mean, they played Abilene Christian and beat them sloppily the other day. But have they looked as bad as Auburn that almost lost to San Jose State? Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't bring that. Auburn has a habit of bringing those Mountain West teams east to, to play them. You know mm-hmm. they have a bad. They have a, they'll play. They'll they'll pop in like a Fresno or a, you know somebody like that every now and then. Um, but San Jose State, man, oh man. I mean, at least they did. Arkansas lost during the Chad Morris era to San Jose State at home. Yeah, and they got blown out by North Texas and Western Kentucky. Mm. That was tough. That was a, Chad Morris, not not very successful. Yeah, that's right. Not, not, <laughs> really. um, Brian said, "Just saw the game is sold out. That's holy crap, amazing." I think so too, Brian. And that yeah. that's 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 really cool. And I think a credit to the Gamecock Nation. Yeah, it speaks and, volumes to the fan base too. I mean, but I I really, um, 
Yeah, because I, you know, you, you look at the stands the last couple of years, you're probably a little, a little worried, right? Mm -hmm. um, another sellout, though. So congratulations. Chase says, does Todd Ellis have any eligibility left? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just say um, that um, uh, Spencer Rattler's already thrown five interceptions, so probably not 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 room for Todd there. Got, the, got that covered. <laughs> Uh, Joseph says, if you found a magical lamp where a genie gives you three game cut wins, what would they be? Kentucky, Tennessee, and Clemson. I, I, I probably, you know, uh, with what's left. Yeah, but but does that mean they lose Missouri for Vandy? Maybe it just means you get no influence over those games and the yeah. team just has to go out there and do it. Not a to, guaranteed loss. <laughs> to, to, to what? Uh, yeah. To what do we owe these wishes? That was you know, thing. I was, what's the, what's this, this, this? Uh, it, it may be like uh, the devil's advocate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You rub a lamp. Al Pacino comes out. Ah, I heard I was going to play Marcus Satterfield in a movie. Great proposition. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'd have to do is like get him to play Marcus Satterfield in a movie. So we're trying to pitch the Marcus Satterfield movie because he, you know, to Hollywood, you're explaining, no, no, no. It's like, this is the guy that I, I'm all right. I'm not going there. I, I'm going to stop because I have a whole little narrative in my head about the one year in the NFL thing and all that. I'm not, I'm not going there. Right. You've got fences. We really got to get a running game going. Absolutely. But I think more importantly is balance. I mean, I, you know, you go out there and push Charlotte around and, you know, run for 300 yards and the passing game, you know, you don't do anything, you know, and you, you kind of gear it down. I don't I, – honest to God, guys, I don't think – I think in some games when you're, you know, in, in the in the interest of sportsmanship and things like that, you do gear it down or, or to, to maybe save some things for later. I don't think Carolina can afford to do that. They need to go out there, run it, run their offense – yeah. achieve balance just like if they were playing an sec team and play their best game you know if you gear it down that's really not your best game yeah and even though their secondary is a bit suspect i mean that's not an excuse to come out imbalanced and just throw it all over the yard and not try to establish a run yeah craig says albert either wins big with the back against the wall or lose and it's exit stage right for harson yeah i talked to one of my albert friends the other day i mean it's it's weird you almost you, you don't hear you don't hear much about Auburn. You really don't even hear much about them now. Nope. That's weird. Because, uh, you know, you, I didn't I didn't hear about them all offseason because they, they don't rec – they recruit differently, so they don't really have any recruiting fireworks. And, uh, you know, all I know – I'll see them as just like seventh in the West. So, <laughs> uh, Bradley Cooper would be a good Satterfield, Xavier says. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Lady Bree MMA says, are y'all starting an hour earlier now? Or have you always started at 11? We start at uh, 11. Yeah, we've always started there. Yep, yep 11. Um, he, uh, you know, yeah, so there, there we go. Um, and Gamecock 864, one more before we get to Michael Flint. Actually, Michael is a, a – I've just been texting with him. He's going to come on at 1230. He's got a, a – oh. We're going to move him back just a little bit. So okay, well, that, oh, he's got his uh, mm -hmm. an internet issue? Uh, no. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, I was gonna say conflict. I wonder if his, his his webcam will fall down this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I like that. I think 
it's part of the charm of Wando's world. I, I think it's I great. Too, man. I, I mean, anything that's not, I mean, because we're obviously not the most polished of crews. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> just come on like, in and jump in and swim. It's like, uh, it's like Wayne's world. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just filming this in my, my spare hey, room. And yeah. <laughs> I'm about 35 minutes from Aurora, Illinois. That's where the medieval yeah. times is. Oh uh, yeah, my mom, my mom and her niece, or her, my mom and her granddaughter, and uh, she, they came up to visit this summer. And my fiance and we all went to medieval times. That was that was something nice. Yeah, I, I thought the lady. Yeah, I don't know. I was a little critical of the performance, and they named, <laughs> they named my they named my niece the Grand Duchess of the Ball, or whatever the hell that was, and. Uh-huh. You know, I, I started saying, why are they whipping the horses? And my mom, who actually showed horses and knows a lot about horses. I don't know much about horses. She's like, you're an idiot because that's how they get them to go. <laughs> <laughs> why are they hurting the horses? Yeah. Embarrassing night. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's one night I wish I'd have gotten one of those big old medieval times drinks. Just yeah, right. Just yeah, lean into it. Had a, <laughs> time, a great old time. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it is kind of like Wayne's world. But hey, uh, Gamecock A64 has a good question from the chat box, Nana Sports chat box. Uh, coming back, keep those predictions rolling in. We got more on Twitter. Again, just give us your prediction and uh, where you're doing it from. In other words, uh, Wayne from Aurora says, Gamecocks will win 24 to 6. Yeah. That. I like that, Wayne. I like that. Anyway, we got to get a break. We'll be right back. Michael Flint, Michael, Michael Flynn, Michael Flint, Michael Flint, not Michael Flynn, Michael Flint, mm-hmm. Michael Flint. I've said Flint, I think. Flint. Uh, yeah. Coming up at the bottom of the hour to break down the X's and O's, uh, more chat box interaction right here on Inside the Game Custom Show after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 
Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show family vacations a new car a new boat all cost money but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now i help consulting can help you finally get the kids to disney world upgrade the minivan or drop that new boat in the water next summer let daniel and i help consulting consult with you no fees just savings you pay them a percentage of those savings save on essential services credit card fees you name it let them find it these folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Well, speaking of unpolished, there we go. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Oh, hey, so. <laughs> Hour two. I was worried I wasn't going to make it back to my seat in time. I know, I know. I forgot that the uh, new Nana's Porch uh, promo was a little shorter. A little shorter. That's a new haul. Somebody mentioned the Jaheim Bell video earlier today. Uh, yeah, all these guys, um, are, most of these promos are, are courtesy of Carolina Rise and uh, our partner businesses and stuff like that. So those are... If you're a member of Carolina Rise, those are your NIL dollars coming going to work. They do promos for the the businesses, and we have a couple of guys that, that we, we just get them and go, "Hey, you're welcome back to the show, just for your entertainment." We have, um, you know, a couple other guys that are, are set up and ready to go. I think I think we had a Braylon Wimmer one we rolled yesterday, Phil. We did. Yep. 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 So um, so that's good there. Um, okay, back to Gamecock eight six four, and he says, "Amazing one." It was this one. Uh, where was it? He said, it's amazing. It's a sellout. And they did just announce sold out mm -hmm. three home games, three sellouts. Congratulations to the Gamecocks uh, and the fans. He says, uh, JC against North Carolina last year, we did a bunch of pulling or do we just line up and run it at them? They pull pulling, you know, when, when you run like some a certain run plays, power play, stuff like that. My understanding uh, is that they're, they're, you know, that's common to have pulling trap plays and, and things like that. But, um, the counter play was pretty good to them last year. Uh, and that kind of requires limbing on one way or the other and, and all that. But man, North Carolina in that game, Phil just was not stopping Carolina's run game. No, they, yeah. uh, at some point, like in the, in the third quarter, things just completely broke down on North Carolina's defense. And then that mm -hmm. was that, 
Uh, and I want a very good defense to begin with. But, I mean, look, would Carolina have been able to do that had they not been successful passing the ball early? I don't know. You know. Yeah, here's yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, with that, with that, with the bowl game, with the Florida game, the games last year that, that South Carolina was successful on offense, um, you know, uh, and I don't know that I call Van Detroit, ECU successful games, Kentucky yeah. uh, on offense, you know, they were able to line up and run it all over them. You know, so the other team literally could not stop their run game. That makes that makes it really easy. You know, yeah, right? <laughs> you can do that. Um, Auburn stinks. Jared said, "Remember Paul Feinbaum asked the Gamecock Nation why we didn't hire Brian Harson." Did Feinbaum ask that? I thought it was uh, Dennis Dodd said Beamer's not going to be able to recruit like he, he. Dennis Dodd did say Beamer is not going to be able to recruit like Brian Harson. Which was absolutely crazy because he has an SEC recruiting track record anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave Lazy that. Takes. Oh, man. Um, all right. So from the IHEL Consulting Mailbag, we got more predictions rolling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, David D. Sandman. David from Seneca says, Carolina 48, Charlotte 10. Getting primed for an upset in Lexington. Uh, Dylan from Spartanburg, Sparkle City. You know how I feel about that place. Oh, yeah. Uh, 47-17. Billy the Evil Rooster says Carolina 17, Charlotte 3 from Columbia, South Carolina. I noticed that the Columbia crew is a little bit more skewed (laughs) than the rest of the folks. (laughs) They're a little bit more. Oh, here's somebody from uh, And I Am Bro from Darlington. He goes, ah, Carolina 27, Charlotte 17. Ah, That would make some people upset. It's interesting. It is kind of like an upstate, you know, mid Midlands, low country split there. I mean, I guess because we don't have radio up here that really talks about us all that much and definitely not complimentarily. (laughs) Hey, I'll say one thing I've noticed. If you have a Gamecock fan from Anderson, Pickens, or Oconee County, they're they're diehard. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are diehard, and it's like, so, you know, they, they get up every week and mm-hmm. uh, they're among the most yeah, go get them positive freaking fans out there. And I understand why. Certainly. Yeah, you got to be. <laughs> certainly now. Um, Clint says we're going to run a bunch of bunch formation. Who ya? <laughs> Jared says, uh, hey, say hi to Wayne and Garth and Aurora. We'll party on, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph. Another up country. <laughs> yeah, there's a history of this score, 63 to 17, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But uh, it's one that will live in infamy. But, mm-hmm. hey, uh, Joseph, if they do it, great. That would be, I think that would be something everybody would be okay. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Eight, six, four. <clears throat> he says the total has gone under in eight of South Carolina's last nine home games. And it's probably true thinking back of it. Pulled that off Odd Shark. Kia Carrera in Wayne's World still gives me fevered dreams. <laughs> Ball and blitz, baby. Uh, John says Gamecocks 44-17 for Bellingham, Washington. Uh, Todd's call of the game will undoubtedly contain the following. The Charlotte kicker lines up for the field goal. Noonan! 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 <laughs> Caddy Stack Fridays, hashtag Caddy Stack Fridays. Uh, Game Guy 864-3117, Anderson, South Carolina. So, yeah, game, so there we go. We, we found oh, right. a, a cautiously optimistic one from right. the, the, the triad, the golden triangle up there. Um, Spencer, 48-17, Shane Cox from D.C., from our uh-huh. nation. All right. 
Thanks for tuning in. Saunders says, I won't give a prediction, but I want to see four first half touchdowns minimum. Otherwise, it's Tito's time. <laughs> I agree, Saunders. You know, one of my big keys of this game is you need to flip the first quarter script, which means you need to be the team who scores three touchdowns and not the other one. Yeah. <laughs> flip that script, baby. Flip that script. What's in the box? What's- <laughs> I, I still. I still think that'd be a funny Todd call <laughs> from seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's in the box? In the box. <laughs> Stacy says 42 24 Gamecocks. Uh, yeah. Dylan coming from Monk's Corner. Monk's Corner 41 14. Um, Clint says that was my Al Pacino as Marcus Satterfield reference. Son of a Woman was very underrated. That's true. Oh, yeah. It was mm-hmm. a good movie. Good movie. Um, Stacy's from Anderson, by the way. I would like to see some more hustle from the defense and lock up when they tackle. Yeah, they, they need to look in the mirror and play a tough game. I mean, yeah. you know, it's there's no reason why through three games a true freshman, as good as he is and as elite as he's going to be, uh, is your best player on defense. Not mm-hmm. not with all the returning guys and the talent and whatever. I mean, that, that, there's no reason why Nick him and Warry is – and it's not it's not close – you know, he's by far the best player on your defense through three games. So that's the yeah. deal there. Uh, Jared says, as Keith says, there are fans behind the orange curtain. They have to be positive. It's all they have. That's right. The orange yeah. curtain. The orange curtain. Uh, J-Rock rolls in with a 56-21 prediction, Carolina. That's the score that Maryland beat Charlotte by. So, yep. uh, And he's from Lata, South Carolina. Home of Donnell Stanley, Raymond Felton up there in the uh, the PD near Dillon, near the border, south of the border. Uh, Colin says 36-14 from the ATL. Um, JC, what was the worst performance-based meltdown on the board you have ever seen? Uh, 56-21 Cox sounds good. Chambly, Georgia, that's in DeKalb County. Uh Part of part of the cab I used to live in lived in Brookhaven uh, via Clinton, South Carolina, home of the Red Devils. Thanks, Nathan, and that's Nathan on that. Worst meltdown ever was probably wow. There were some bad ones. Uh, I, I would I never looked at the one after Kentucky in 2017 because I, I just sat on the porch all day the next day and. Had they me and my buddy who's a Tennessee fan, and they lost on a last second pass from Felipe freaking Franks. <laughs> had them beat in the swamp, the Gators, and lost on a last, like literally last second touchdown pass. So they could take Carolina comes on. He's like, Well, Carolina's gonna you know, save the night. And that didn't happen. And I just sat, I literally couldn't handle it. I mean, I, I, that's, that's the worst I've ever felt after a loss, um, just because I knew the meltdown that was taking place. Uh, the meltdown after Texas AM in 2014 was epic. And it was because it was one of those things where, you know, all summer they had a Steve Spurrier movie with Kenny Chesney. Uh, Carolina was ranked ninth, I think, in the country. Everybody picked him to win the East. They were an 11 and a half point favorite over AM. It was the first game on the SEC network ever. Brent Musburger was calling it. <laughs> and 52 28 Aggies later, <laughs> and it's like, oh. My goodness, you know, and uh, that was a, that was a huge meltdown on, on the mm-hmm. side. Uh, but yeah, you know, Clemson, Clemson in 07 was tough, 
because uh, we, we had just started out and uh, Clemson won by a field goal, knocked Carolina out of a bowl game, I think. And so that yeah. was that was tough back then. But, uh, I, I, you know, all that good stuff. Um, Craig says, I've seen at least three times where DB wasn't running full speed, tracking down a play. That has to change. Somebody needs to see that on film and say, hey, look, you got to get – you got to run. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Clint goes, I'll go 38-14 Carolina. Uh, Gamecock864 says, it's hard living in the upstate Anderson area as a Gamecock fan. You know, you know, I used to work uh, – my first job when I was in college in quote-unquote sports journalism was at the Anderson Independent Mail. When, uh, I covered high school football for them uh, when I was still in college at uh, upstate. Way back early to like 01, 01 ish, 00 ish, 01 ish. First out of school. And they told me like interesting stats about Anderson County. There are more South Carolina graduates that live in Anderson County than Clemson graduates, but uh, way, way, way more Clemson fans. Obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so he goes, and then Lorenzo Ward happened. Yeah. And then the crazy thing about it, Clint, is like Whammy had been the D coordinator for the last two years. I mean, it wasn't. Well, like he, you know, some new guy, you know, I, I think when Lawing left and all those players left, though, they did not do a good job replacing those on defense. No. Worst board meltdown ever co-winners. Uh, Arkansas game where they ran for 2,000 yards. Yeah, I think. Yeah, which one? Which one, though? Right, yeah, that's one, it. Which one of those? Um, yeah, 07, that was tough. Uh, and then the, the 63-17 Clemson loss, thank God. I didn't have the big spur then. That was 03. Mm-hmm. I was working in a newspaper in Gainesville, Georgia at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, their 2013 defense was not nearly as good, though. Just very talented. Yeah, they had players that kind of knew um, what to do. That uh, I said it after the Georgia game that year, Clint, on the big spur that I was like, and I was talking about 2014. I was like, 2014 could be one of the worst defenses ever if they don't get this fixed. Unfortunately, I was prophetic. Uh, that one. That's back when I knew what I was talking about. Okay. Don't, don't listen to me now. Don't listen to me now. Um, all that good stuff. So appreciate everybody chiming in with the predictions. You know, Phil, I'm going to go 38-10 Carolina. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said uh, I was I was going to go 45-17. That's not bad. I, I mean, I mean that's, that's actually good. I can see that. I almost went there. Uh, I just, you know, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised if they break the 40-point mark, you know. Because, I mean, they should. They're a good enough team to do it. That's, that's the first <clears throat> thing about it. But I, I think, uh, you know, in spite of themselves, they're going to they're gonna have a, a blockbuster performance this week. Good. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, you know, they have well, to. <laughs> as long as it's not a blockbuster video performance where <laughs> everything's great and then the bottom falls out. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, Gamecock864 uh, mentions that 2014 offense was great if they only had a defense to go with it. Yeah, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were times in 2014 because they, they were like handing off, you know, play calling being handed off to this person or that person or whatever mm-hmm. uh, at different times during that year. Um, you know, so I think certain games, maybe that it would have been better had Steve Spurrier dialed it up like the Clemson game that year, I think. Uh, but Clemson was, I think, had a number one defense that season. But, you know, Carolina didn't do themselves any favors. Uh, 
but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I thought that offense, you know, was, was really in sync. You had good, good running backs and uh, Davis and Wild. You had a really good offensive line that year that, that knew kind of how to block it. Dylan was really good, uh, obviously setting records, and you had a bunch of good receivers. I mean, that was a, that was a good year. And then, uh, you know, the twenty fourteen defense actually played well in some games. I think that's a miracle, actually. <laughs> Looking, looking back on it, you know, how did they hold Florida to like – I mean, Florida didn't have a good offense, obviously, but, you know, to win that game in the swamp, you know, that kind of thing. So, J-Rock says, I think 2012 was the best team in history, a game or two away from doing some really special things. They certainly were the most dominant, uh, J-Rock. I think the schedule got them that year. Uh, and it, and it's, it's one of those uh, things that will live in Carolina infamy because the original schedule for 2012 was not supposed to be that way. Um, the Gamecocks were, uh, I think, supposed to play Ole Miss uh, instead of LSU from the West. Oh, yeah, that's As right. Rotating yeah. opponent. Mm-hmm. They still had a, an Arkansas program that wasn't good. Um, I don't know what Ole Miss was doing in 2012. That was probably right before they had the – it was two years before they had the really good team under Hugh Freeze. So, you know, you kind of like your chances. Uh, I think it was Ole Miss, uh, you know, and then – Missouri and AM come into the league, so you got to redo the whole schedule. And Carolina ends up having to go Georgia at home, at LSU, and at Florida three straight weeks. LSU's always good and physical, and they win. And then that was the the best team Muschamp ever had at Florida that ended up winning 11, going 11 and 1, uh, almost winning the, uh, they lost to Georgia and didn't win the East. Yeah. But um, going to the Sugar Bowl, and I mean, so that was like a top five team. I mean, that was that was one of those years. Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia were all double digit win teams. Um, so the schedule got them, and Georgia's schedule in 2012, even though the Gamecocks beat them badly, uh, was nothing. I think they they got to play a couple of bottom feeders uh, from the West. So anyway. That's uh, the Citadel loss forced a lot of bridges to close. Jamie Bradford chimes in. The twenty settled. Yeah. There were some uh that was a that was a tough one. Uh in a lot of ways in terms of uh, you know how everybody sort of uh perceived the job and the program out there mm-hmm. coaching search. Clint says the Tennessee loss for 2013. I, I think that was the most costly loss in program history because that 2013 team was better positioned. Now they had a tough schedule too like somebody scheduled UCF on the road. <laughs> uh, UCF lost once. It was to Carolina. You know, they beat the top five Missouri team on the road. Uh, really good resume. A tough loss to Georgia early. Uh, Georgia ended up not being very good. I think somebody got hurt uh, or something. And then, you know, Carolina goes on the road. They beat Arkansas like a drum, 52-7, right? Yeah. Things are rolling, right? Offense, defense, things are rolling. And they go up to Tennessee. It's Butch Jones' first year. Uh, there were times in that game where you, you look at Tennessee and Carolina, and you're like, yeah, Tennessee can't hang with them, you know. Uh, long touchdown passes and runs and stuff. But it, it tightened up. And uh, Tennessee's big 400-pound nose guard, McCullers, who never played worth a crap, you know, until they, except for that one game, just ate Carolina's lunch on the interior. Uh, they had Connor in the pocket a lot that day. <clears throat> And the Gamecocks uh, lost it on late field. I mean, like I'll never forget. I was sitting there, and 
I saw Justin Worley release the football like a millimeter before Jadevi and Clowney probably took his head off completely. <laughs> uh, and it floats up in the air, and I'm like, surely this isn't going to come down. And Ahmad Christian's down there covering Marquez North, who's about a 6'5 freshman. And sure enough, that kid jumps up and gets it, and they kick the winning field goal. South Carolina wins that game, and everything else stays the same. The game guys go to Atlanta, and remember, that was the kick six year, Phil. Yeah, uh, right. Auburn. Yeah. So, and Auburn was a good team, but they were kind of Owen. They were Owen eight in the league the year before, kind of a resurgent type deal. Um, Ellis Johnson was the D coordinator for Auburn that season, and you know I, I like Spurrier's chances dialing it up against uh, against him. You know, since he dialed it up against practice in practice all year uh, for three years or whatever. Um, so I think Carolina may have given Auburn a better game than Missouri. And then Michigan State, lo and behold, upset a number one ranked Ohio State team in the Big Ten and sent Auburn to the national title game. Yeah. So, so if that Tennessee game goes different, South Carolina probably has a chance to not only win the SEC that season, but play for uh, the BC. Title. Play for the whole, the, all the marbles against, mm-hmm. against yeah, Florida State. Earlier <laughs> in the Gamecocks versus Florida State in the Rose Bowl. Not late. I'm a hurt every time I think of that. I know that's a, that was a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough year. And they just says that Auburn team was a team of destiny. It, it was because that that year they 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 did beat Alabama on the kick six, but the week before or the game before, they're down to Georgia. Like okay, so they Georgia had them down, and then Auburn came back, or, or Auburn came back. It was kind of a one of those. Somebody was up big in that one, and somebody came back. Georgia. 37-31 with seconds left. Nick Marshall <laughs> throws the ball up. The two Georgia dudes tip it, and it goes right back, and Lewis is sitting there and guys the ball, and it falls in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So that would have been a heck of a story. It's like all those – you know, and I, and I talk about people all the time. They're like, oh, South Carolina sucks, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm like, well, they haven't, never, they haven't been consistently good. But – if you kind of drill down year to year, there are instances where this program has had its chances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I definitely think with, with regards to had one thing just turned differently, you got to look at 84 and 2013. Um, in 1980, which was before last year, the last time Georgia had won a national title, Herschel Walker's freshman year, uh, Gamecocks are driving. George Rogers won the Heisman that year, and there's a fumble. And they didn't win it. They win that one late. Do they get into the mix for one of the? I don't know one of these bowl games because things kind of fell apart after that. Um, they you know, get in the mix for the Sugar Bowl, or are they the ones that do it? I mean, you know. And then the Navy loss um, hmm. in '84. Yeah, yeah a, a guy that one of the co-owners of the bar uh, that we go to, the tavern, played on that Navy team. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that of all the bars and all the you know my favorite one, uh, the, one of the owners played on that '84 Navy team, and so he recognizes the Gamecock logo, you know, and it just gives me crap all the time. <laughs> that was awful. That was awful. So there is uh, no expiration date on bragging rights. <laughs> yeah, right. That was the story of those 2011-13 teams losing a the game they shouldn't. Ruining an SEC championship appearance and more. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. look, I'm gonna say this: 2010 to 2014, this program easily uh, had just a couple things going different. Uh, won five straight division titles. 
2011, it was that home loss to a not a very good Auburn team, 16 to 13 uh, on CBS. Uh, 2012, it was those back-to-back games against LSU and Florida. Uh, they kept them from going because had they beaten Florida, they they would have gone. But that, that was just an ugly, ugly game. So that was the most one of the most must champion victories in the history of must champion. <laughs> I think Carolina actually outgained them and lost 44 to 11. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't think either team broke 200 yards either. Uh, and then in 2013, it was that Tennessee game. And then I'm going to say something else is going to make your, your stomach hurt here, J-Rock. The 2014 team blew a 13-point fourth quarter lead against Missouri, uh, a 14-point fourth quarter lead at Kentucky, and a 14-point lead with about five minutes to go against Tennessee – Three losses. They win any. They win all three of those games, uh, which they should have. Yeah, that team goes to Atlanta. Now that team probably gets its teeth kicked in by whoever they Alabama or whoever they got to play uh, down there. Whoever who are they playing scoring a million? You know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that'd have been five straight, man. And they'd probably won one of them eventually. I think so. Uh, Craig says it amazes me. JC can call the yearly scores off the top of his head. I can't. I don't know why I can do that. I don't want any credit for it. Uh, I, I just wish I was better at picking games. The <laughs> 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 scores may be incorrect. Nah, yeah, Craig. I, I've always, for some reason, I've always been able to do that, especially with the Gamecocks. Yeah, just, game recall is, is amazing. I kind of have a nice, uh, you know, you know. Now I'm not like Steve Spur. Steve Spur could do play by play. Oh yeah. I'm like yeah, we we're down there in the third and five, and we ran steamers, and then we just scored a touchdown. Shoot, you know. And I'm like. I can't – the play-by-play, some of those games back in the 80s kind of I, – I don't I don't recall it as well. Keith, Keith also could do that from those games back then. But, um, shoot, about – probably like about 2,000 on. I can I can, I can tell you what happened in most mm-hmm. games. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I should have been a play-by-play guy. <laughs> uh, ooh. Yeah, that would be fun. Know. It would have been fun. It says <laughs> – it's just maybe he blacks out after losses. <laughs> I wish I could, man. It just makes me sad, you know, and mm-hmm. gives me anxiety. <laughs> it really made, like it used to ruin my weekend, like personally. Like I'd have to go to a movie or or get away from people or something. Uh, I was r- ruining my week, you know. I was not okay until Wednesday when I was just kind of like a fan, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's like a massive wave of anxiety because you, you you go peek on the message board and you're like, what are these guys saying today? Gosh, yeah, right. <laughs> Ooh, y'all so, so that's that's crazy. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, TA talks about that Auburn team being a team of destiny. It was, it was, and man, they almost won it. Jimbo needs to thank Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the top of everybody caught that pass for the touchdown. So um, that's it. Saunders says, I try not to let it ruin my weekend, but it does. Yeah. And see, I don't have a, like, like, okay. So the fiance, like, she'll put it to bed if Notre Dame loses, right? Because she's got the Bears. I don't know if that's good or, uh, that's probably not good. <laughs> might be. <laughs> probably not, not a good thing. Uh, we, well, we've always got the Bears. Let's might just, not uh, be the right medicine. <laughs> well, uh, you know, talk about offense. Boy, that's an offensive juggernaut, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I, don't, 
you're hoping to just break 20 points. They're like, hey, we get to 20, but shoot, who knows? Give me a beef sandwich and an old style and let's talk about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she has, you know, I don't, I, I don't really, I guess my, my, I've always pulled for the Falcons, but I've, I've lost interest through the years. I mean, I, like I wasn't all that, I wasn't even that upset about the Super Bowl, blowing the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'd have bought a, a, a T-shirt or something that says Super Bowl champs and brag like mm -hmm. a front runner. But you know, because I, because I, I, you know, when I grew up, I liked the Falcons. So then the Panthers came, and I was I was a kid. I was about, I was like seventeen, eighteen, and I was like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not into the Panthers. You know, I was just like, I'm just not going to be a Panthers fan. Um, and so I don't, I don't really pull for them. I mean, when they went to the Super Bowl those couple of times, I did just because my friends do. But uh, so I, I have nothing to look forward to. I'm like an officer and a gentleman after the game. I have nowhere else to go. <laughs> I have nowhere else to go. Nowhere. I, mean, I know. Um, Nathan says, have you had Mallard yet, JC? What is that? Mm -hmm. mm. I read it as Malort. Malort. <laughs> yeah, Malort. Yeah. Explain what that is, man. I'm, 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 I'm uh, I probably know, and I'm just, uh, oh, oh, Chicago, Chicago liquor. liquor. Uh, uh. Probably the fiance. She's the liquor drinker. I'm not a, uh, yeah, oh, he said it's horrible. It's Ask horrible. your fiance. Uh, I definitely oh, would. Horrible. God, I can't know. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, too. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. so, so anyway. Well, let's do our break, JC, because we got the, we got Flint in there waiting. <laughs> Yeah, good. All right. Yeah, sorry for I'm running my mouth here. I was just I was vamping to make sure he would, uh, yeah, make sure he was, yeah, got to get covered. Got to get covered. All right, so we have a, a break right here. Uh, we'll be back uh, after these messages. Uh, Phil will tell you about Manscaped, and then we'll get to Michael Flint to round it out. Keep those predictions rolling in. Nathan says this pronounced Malort. So, all right, I'm going to go find out about that right now uh, and get a report for you. And we'll be back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Mer Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises, 
golfgamingwithmary.org. Her email's on the website so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts. But I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Well, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show, of course, sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. It's 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. Second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax by the Lake, uh, Remax at the Lake. And that's uh, give them an email for all your commercial real estate needs, A-B-E-R-E-G-E-S-O-N. Burgesson at Remax.net. And we're joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Michael Flint. How you doing, man? Happy Friday to you. How y'all doing? Really good, man. Really good. It's Friday, so that's That's good. good, You know, it's early pickup day at school, and I got home. You know, I had to go pick the kids up. Got (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that happens to me sometimes. Like, I'll uh, I'll have carpool duties that interfere, and so does Phil. It's uh, Mm a... It's interesting. I take a lot of pride in carpool. Oh, yeah, it's fun, man. I enjoy it. Yeah, that people don't need to F with me when I'm 
in carpool mode, man. I'm, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a Karen out there, you know. <laughs> 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 Roll down your way. Let me speak to your manager. No, hey, uh, you will not there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, man, no doubt. So, all right, Gamecocks. Uh, obviously, things did not go well last week. Very good team in Georgia. Uh, <clears throat> we talked offense all week. Uh, uh, I think defense, too. Uh, a lot of those guys need to kind of take a look in the mirror and have a good game. Charlotte's got a good offense. They're the, the lowest-ranked defense, total defense in the country. They've given up 40 points, seven straight games dating back to last season, Michael. This is a gate, a get-right game we've been talking about all week. Um, but it almost feels – I don't know. You know, you kind of go into it. You know, you, I, don't, I don't really have a good feeling or a bad feeling about the game. I'm kind of like – kind of shocked it's a sellout to be honest and i'm like i'm just kind of i'm kind of neutral and 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 and, you know wanting to kind of wait and see and uh you know just your take on uh last week this week everything yeah no i I understand the feeling i mean we've been we've underperformed on offense i think when you see what the weapons that we brought in um you know as an offense the unit that we put out on the field that first game and then to see the lack of success that we've had. And not only that, but the lack of execution, we just look, you know, we don't look organized. It just, it, it looks like we're just kind of going through the motions at times. And, you know, the, the excitement that was built up around, you know, this team, the offense. And I think from a fan perspective, the letdown of what's, you know, kind of happened over the course of the last three games, you know, has been tough. It's been challenging. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, a, a lot that needs to be done, especially this game, um, you know, going into it, trying to look look ahead and really trying to learn from what's happened these past three games. You know, I do like the multiple looks that we give. Uh, we did use a lot of shift, a lot of motion against Georgia. There was there was times in, the, in that first half, Georgia, you know, was you could see them trying to communicate with each other. You could see them moving around. You could see them not exactly sure what they were doing. We just couldn't take advantage of it. And I think the most important thing that can really come out of this game for for South Carolina and for the remainder of you know kind of this season is Spencer Rattler get, getting comfortable is him him being able to settle down and really the game slow down for him a little bit and you know being comfortable in the pocket and really being able to you know not not playing off his back foot so much being able to feel the pressure not see the pressure and I feel like that's been one of the biggest things for him is he's he's seeing the pressure more than feeling the pressure and, and, and that was evident against, against, uh, against Georgia. And it, even, even on the first drive, I think it was the second play uh, of the game. If he, you know, instead of, you know, dropping off to his back, you know, dropping and drop, taking his drop and stepping up, he took his drop. He kind of faded because that pressure started coming. But there was actually a little bit of a, a pocket to step up in. But he's not used to having that, and he's used to playing on his heels. And so that's, I think, the most critical thing. And I think the second most critical thing is being able to, establish the run and have success on first down because that's been another big problem is that's been another problem is uh we've been we've we've been too predictable um we you know the, the lack of success on first down has made us more predictable to where you know defense is more so can pin their ears back and rush on certain down and distance situations rather than having to play the run and then see the pass and then rush. So, you know, not allowing those the defenses to kind of, you know, per se, pin their ears back and rush the passer to allow Rattler, 
you know, some time to step up in the pocket. But I think for him, getting him comfortable again, gaining that confidence, you know, I think that confidence he had in the preseason, that confidence he had in Oklahoma. And I think what we can do, a lot of that is just some quick game passing, um, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, some quick game, you know, and I say trying to trying to stretch the field horizontally and getting guys in different positions to really stretch the defense and make them really work to, to fill those zones. Uh, defensively, there was some times against Georgia where I think if we stretch the field more horizontally on the quick game, it it, it really puts more of a stress on that defense and can give Rattler some some bigger holes to throw uh, to throw in because he made he made some throws against Georgia that were um, that were really good and he put them in tight windows and you could see how good he is when he's when he could take his drop, step up in the pocket and throw it. How good he really can be. Talking with Michael Flint, little Flint back there. Right here, inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, so that's uh, that's good there. Um, and uh, those of you that are out there that were streaming, uh, one of the platforms is uh, conked out on us. So yeah, if it's, I have no idea what happened. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it YouTube? <laughs> are we all, are we, is it YouTube? Hopefully it's not. But anyway, catch us. Was, we're still going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have, we'll have Wando's video up afterward. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, technology, right? Um, so, you know, the Dakari and Joyner call, uh, and we, that's been the subject, a lot of subject, uh, a big subtopic this week. Third and six, you're driving, you've gotten a first down. You know, Rattler uh, had a nice pass there to uh, Stogner for the first. Uh, I thought Marshawn Lloyd's first run was pretty good. It was only three and a half yards, but I, I, I thought it was a little more than that. But uh, he had a hole. Why on earth go to that at that in that situation? Um, you know, or, or, or look, explain because maybe I'm maybe 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 there is a good reason. So, yeah, and I think it's about the mentality that that you take. I think you know, last week what I said about Coach Furrier, I think I think holds true, and it's you know we're, I, we don't want to we don't want to focus on the on the defense per se. We want to focus on on us. We want to focus on what we do. We want to get really good. At, at what we do and 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 being you know that that style of office that you want to play and making the defense adjust to you and I think it's you know we've overcomplicated it we're trying you know we're trying to outsmart the defense or build our game you know build our 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 scheme of what we want to do around what the defense is doing and I think it goes back to to that concept of you know we know we know what we know who we are as an offense and we want to get really good at what we do and, and execute the game plan based on what you have in your playbook. And, you know, I, I did like the multiple looks that we gave, but, you know, that inverted wishbone, I, you know, where did that come from? You know, I hadn't really seen that much. And it's like we used that a lot formationally with shifts and motions and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, you know it, it's all about, you know, kind of how you prep and how you plan for the week. And I think, you know, it goes back to being, you know, how – you are as a coach in, in how you prepare for a game. And I think a lot of what we do is, you know, game plan around what the defenses are doing, what that defense does. And so I think that's just what we do. Um, you know, you'll see different looks. I know it's, you know, we all ask, you know, what is our identity as an offense? And I think, you know, I don't know if we're still trying to figure it out or not, but, you know, I, I know what we do need to do is we do need to be able to run the football and have success on first down. And that's something we haven't been able to do because I tell you what, Marshawn Lloyd is a hell of a running back. And if you give him a little bit of running room, he can make a guy miss 
or he can run a guy over and he can get you 15 to 20 more yards or even break one to the house. So we've got to be able to get him the football and we've got to quit being so, um, you know, so, so, uh, you know, putting ourselves in bad down a distance type situations. Yeah. But, uh, you know, one thing I saw, um, Perry Orth made a comment, I think on, might've been one of Brad Crawford's tweets, Michael was, um, you know, Spurrier would run basically a limited number of plays, but through a multi, you know, a, a large book of formations, you know, try to keep it simple, but you're basically running the same play. Is that, you know, can, can you concur with that? And, and, you know, maybe that's one of the things that we need to, you know, kind of separate and <laughs> make it a little easier on the guys, not line up in so many different formations, but, uh, or, or not run so many different plays, but, you know, maybe line up in different formations and just run what we're good at. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right. And, and Perry's hundred percent right himself. You know, there's with coach Spurrier's offense, you know, you could where the guys end up, you end up in a spot and how you get there can change. And so that's where do you line up in a, in a twin, you know, a, a two twin set. Do you line up in a trip, you know, one receiver wide it trips to the other side. And it's all about how you get those guys to that spot. And so, you know, in, in all theory, a, you know, a, a, an out route could turn into a, you know, an over route or a climb route lined up on the other side of the field. So it's really all about how you get that guy to that place. Does a drop back turn in, you know, turn into more of a play action bootleg to allow time for those guys to get to the other side of the field. So let's just say, let's say on a, on a, on a flood route. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is exposing the holes in defense that you see through prep and it's getting guys to, to those places, but it comes from multiple looks and it comes from utilizing, you know, the run game to then utilizing play action to then really setting up the next play, setting up the next drive and seeing what that team is doing defensively and how they kind of, and how they line up based on those situations and, and what you can do to kind of expose the weaknesses. So, yeah, Perry's 100% right. Coach Spurry was really good at doing that and really utilizing multiple looks. But in all theory, you're running kind of the same play because the guys are ending up in the same in that in that same area or that same you know weakness of the zone where you're having a defender, whether it's a linebacker, a safety, or a corner, really having to make a decision and choose one guy or the other. And and that's why I say kind of stretching the field horizontally or or, or in, in vertically and getting guys in those positions where it really puts stress on, on that player um, for that particular play. And, you know, going back to, to what JC said, it's kind of, you know, you look at, at what Antoine Wells has done the first couple of games of the year and then what happened against Georgia. And I almost think that's kind of, you know, going back to, you know, I say Coach Spurrier and, and what he talks about, you know, we want to get – we want to be really good at, at, at what we do as an offense and as a unit. And – you know, it was times where you see Sidney Rice and Kenny McKinley against some really dang good defenses have really good games. Because we were able to scheme and, 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 and adjust a little bit, but we still didn't go away from who we are. And, I, you know, and I, you know, I love kind of what we did um, with moving guys around against Georgia, the shifts, the motions, the inverted wishbone look, and we moved guys around the formation differently. And it had Georgia on their heels a little bit, but we weren't able to, you know, to get our playmakers the ball on that. And I think – you know, when you keep putting in, you know, these different things, it gets to be a little bit tough. And so I think really for this week, it's just getting back to what we do well, um, getting our playmakers the ball, getting it to them in space, but keeping it simple. You know, football, it's, it's an easy game and it's very easy to try 
to outsmart the other guy or to try to outsmart, you know, the uh, the coordinator across the field or outsmart the coach across the field when it's just, you know, do what you do well, you know, and execute on that. But, yeah. Talking with Michael Flint here, Wando's World. Apologies for the YouTube stream. Uh, this is out of our control. Yeah, we're t- doing everything uh, we can. We it's to streamyard, make- yeah, it's a it's a YouTube issue, not a streamyard issue. So, uh, but again, uh, if you're listening, we'll have a podcast format. We'll have this on video, uh, just his segment. For those of you that missed it, we apologize for that. But that's uh, boy, it's been a it's been a week, kind of a week here, right, Phil? <laughs> Goodness gracious, um, you know, I I look at it and I I, I think those are kind of that's kind of like what I would like to see out of this offense, you know? Um, and I've, I've never really felt the plays or the formations were the issue. It, it, it's just kind of been more, I mean, you know, you look at Georgia last week, they did a lot of the same concepts South Carolina has, uh, but you know, they attack one side, they attack another side, they one side, another side, uh, they're mixing up their runs and passes. Uh, it seems like, you know, they knew what to call and win. Like when B.J. Gibson comes on the field, they go right after him. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't get the sense that's happening, but maybe maybe it is, and it's just uh, uh, execution breakdown. Yeah, I think a lot of it up front, um, you know, up front being able to to really block and get Rattler that time. Um, there was some guys running open. Um, you know, we had some opportunities. Uh, you know, there was some opportunities, I feel like, that, we kind of motioned some of Georgia's defenders into a better position to make a play per se. And it's, you know, it's hard to really explain it without really seeing it, but sure. you know, there was, there, there was a, there was a time where we motioned Amari and Brown across the formation at the snap of the ball. And we handed it to Marshawn Lloyd in the backfield, but that guy, they were in man, they were in man coverage and that, that's that, uh, that safety that was shifting with Amari and Brown red run very early and sat on the run. And he was the guy that made the play. You know, he was an unblocked guy that made the play that we potentially could have gone for for a little, for some chunk yardage. But it was, you know, you had Amari Brown running free, you know, coming out of motion, and you know the the, the run the the read was run by the defender, and that's something you look at and you come back to and say, we had those guys thinking he was on his heels a little bit. Let's come back to that next next series, and let's then fake the handoff and let's roll Rattler outside of the pocket and get a quick dump to Amari and Brown. And it's those kind of things that you know I wanted to, would like to see and. Um, they're, you know, they're we, missing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, trying to set up, set up that play to get to the next one and really, you know, see what, see what George is doing. And, you know, it's, we like to say it's chess, but it's checkers, you know, there's, you know, it's do it, do what you do well, and, you know, keep it simple. Don't try to overcomplicate it. Talk with Michael Flint, uh, wrapping up here on a Friday on the show again, sorry for the YouTube stream being down, but, uh, a lot of you can go catch it in podcast format. I hope you, uh, some of you got on with our Twitter stream or Facebook stream. Again, this is a YouTube issue, unfortunately. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, uh, you kind of look at it in, you know, this game and, you know, the get well game, I think is real, Mike, because I, I think, you know, you're, you're on a college football team. Everybody gets to play. Everybody's happy. If you go out there and take care of business, it's a big blowout win. People's stats look a little better. You know, everybody you know, comes back to practice the next week fired up because they not only they won, but they got they got some playing time. That's what everybody, every every player wants to do is get on the field. 
Uh, do, you, do you buy that? Do you think do you think something, you know, even though fans and, and the media aren't going to give you a whole lot of credit for beating Charlotte, but if you go out there and take care of business, uh, have a big win, everybody plays, uh, it gets you ready for the next week and then the Kentucky game, uh, you know, your thoughts on, on that and, uh, you know, what this team could actually maybe achieve inter- internally uh, if they go out there and, and handle their business. Yeah, I think winning really, I mean, you know, it's simple. Winning, winning cures all. You know, it, it cures with the fan base. It cures in the locker room with the coaches, the camaraderie between everybody. You know, winning is a is a, is a is a good thing. And you look at that and you come out, you have a good game. Everybody's stats look good. The locker room is happy. Um, practices are more energized. You practice better. Um, you know, everybody is is upbeat. You know, there's not as much uh, like kind of loafing around and disappointment. And, you know, the more kind of it's just in, in life in general, the happier you are. The, mm-hmm. the better you feel, you know, the better you perform at whatever it is that you do. Um, and so I think, you know, it's the same as it is in life. And, um, you know, winning really does cure all. And those guys, you know, they win, they have a good game, build up the stat sheet. Everybody gets to play. The camaraderie in the locker room is is good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's moving around fast. Um, they want to be around each other. And it's the same at, at, on the practice field. Practices are more up-tempo. They're more lively. You get more done. They're more productive. Um and, you know, everybody practices better and they play, you know, they, they practice harder, they play better and they play faster. And I think that's really what we need to get back to. And winning does cure all. I think these are two really, you know, starting not looking past Charlotte, but these two weeks are two really critical weeks in the direction, I think, of which, you know, the direction of the of the of the season. Um, you know, and I hate to look at it that way, but it really is tough. I mean, the fans feel it. I think the players feel it. Um, they want to go out there and perform. They want to win. And I think having success these next two weeks can kind of take what's happened over the course of the last three weeks and really continue to build that, you know, the positive momentum that we had going into the season and really the the energy that the fans brought. Because I'll tell you, the players, especially the players, appreciate the heck out of that energy because it really does correlate down to the field. And those players feed off the energy and you play harder, you play faster. Um you know, it's just the that that energy really fuels what happens on Saturdays from the stands down. So, um, you know, it's a big couple of weeks and really need to need to get better each week. You know, perfect what we want to do, be really good at what we do. I think get Rattler comfortable back there, get him comfortable in the pocket, let the game slow down, feel the pressure, don't see the pressure, you know, get the ball out quickly and find Marshawn Juju some holes to run through and and, and Christian Beal Smith as well. We got to get you know get that run game back going. All right, Michael. Final uh, minutes here with uh, Michael One New Flint. He joins us every Friday to break down the Carolina game. Uh, a few more predictions. Christian says forty-five seventeen Gamecocks for Chattanooga, Tennessee. ESP says twenty-one seventeen Gamecocks with a pick six to ice it late. Ooh, that's uh, a bad day. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and Diane Bro says. Uh, I'll, hey, bro, I will, I'm going to call you bro, right? Uh, I'll answer this uh, uh, next week because uh, I want to get into it a little bit, but I agree with Tony. Um, he asked me to compare a couple offensive coordinators. Um, so final prediction, uh, you know, I think it's hard for a lot of people after what's happened the last two weeks to, to get up and say, all right, they're going to turn it completely around this week and all that. But uh, your prediction for, for Saturday. You know, I, 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 it's it's tough. It's been hard um, at times because I feel you know everybody wants to say we're, we're we're close, and I think every team that's struggling can say that because of a few missed assignments. But 
can't continue to make those, you know, continue to make those same mistakes. Um, you know, I think we do come out and score a lot of points. I think you know, Rattler does come out and have a big game. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think from a fan perspective, if we don't score 40 based on the st- statistically of what Charlotte's defense does, I think it's a disappointment. But I want to see us come out and dominate. There's going to be a lot of young guys on defense. And I want to, you know, I, I want to see us come out flying around, attacking the quarterback, putting pressure on the quarterback, um, and really, you know, dominating. And I think this is a game that we can do that. And I think you'll see a lot of young guys really have some, some, some good games. And I, you know, I think, you know, I think, I think 49, I think 49, 14. Um, I really do. I think, you know, that, you know, Charlotte could score a little bit more than what we would like, what we would like because of the youth that we're going to have and the inexperience. And you look at the amount of injuries that we've had on that defense. Um, you know, it could be a lot of, a lot of learning experiences that go on on Saturday and some mistakes, but, you know, I think it's that, you know, 49, 14 um, and we, you know, kind of get back on track per se and start to get a little bit of momentum back. All right, Michael. Thanks a whole lot, man. Always great to catch up with you and uh, we'll talk to you next week. And, uh, Hope, uh, hopefully uh, you have a great weekend. Yeah, man. Enjoyed it. Go Cox. Right. Thanks, Michael. Wando's world again. Sorry for the uh, the YouTube just crapping out on us, man. I freaking Google, man. Uh, who knows? I, Do they think, you think we've been canceled? <laughs> canceled. <laughs> what did we say? No, man. <laughs> what did we say? All right. Uh, so we're wrapping up for the week. Um, what was your prediction, Phil? 49-17? Uh, 45. 45. And so I had 38-13, 38-10. 38-10, I think I had. Wando had 49-14. It is what it is, man. Uh, we'll be back, as always, on Monday to break everything down for you and review. We'll have Keith all set in for the Monday review. Um, a lot of people like to hear from Keith on Monday, so that's uh, – that's yeah, the plan. That as of right now. Yep. We, oh, yeah. we, we had to reschedule Evan uh, from last week. And uh, so Evan Woodbury from Tito's and Chicken will join us next week. We're looking forward to that. A lot of other new guests and guests you hadn't heard from in a while and all that happiness uh, right here on Inside the Game Costa Show. Thank you so much for subscribing to the YouTube page, uh, The Big Spur, and for watching each and every day. Uh, we'll be back next week. And always actually, always also catch this on uh, uh, Apple Pods. Uh, Spotify, uh, and all that. Anywhere you get, uh, anywhere you get to podcast, you can get uh, this show in its entirety. For Phil Mullinax, JC Sherbert, everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Another college game day, week four, and uh, we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. <laughs>